If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Question, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Hoarding Solution podcast. I'm really happy to welcome Reverend Joanne Angel Barry Cologne again to have a great conversation about chakras and clearing that and how we release our trauma and just how important this piece of it is when we're trying to move forward and shift things in our life. So welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Tammy, for having me. I love being here with you. I love chatting with you. You and I can probably chat all day. (laughs) That is possible. (laughs) I, I find that I'm I'm enjoying people, you know, I I think the past year has really helped me slow down and enjoy the moments that I'm in at the moment. Yes, yes. And I think too, the topic that you have and, and, and what we had to share is a really awesome topic and not a topic that's really shared by many because, you know, who wants to talk about clutter and and hoarding? (laughs) Who even wants to to admit to that, you know? And I've had people ask me that, like, why would you even talk about that? Who wants to talk about this? And I said, well, clearly there's some people that do, (laughs) you know, Um, and just, we focus, I think, so much on the stuff aspect that we miss the human aspect of what's going on and, and how can we do something different for folks, you know, how can we be an, a light or a guide versus a negative, um, person or vibe you know how do we do that differently for people exactly and 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 when you even speak about like being a light versus neg- negative I mean again when we speak about clutter when we speak about hoarding I mean anytime we are surrounded by anything too much of anything even if it's not something in reference to clutter or hoarding I mean if you just see my desk right now I mean even though it's all great stuff it's just energy and anytime something just sits for a period of time where there's actually no movement to it at all, that creates stagnation in the physical space that the person's in, but then it also creates stagnation in the person's mind, in the person's emotions, and in the person's spirit. So there's four places that stagnation shows up just from our little knickknacks that we have sitting around. And until we get to that understanding, like, okay, so, and I keep looking at my desk and I'm like trying to count them as I sit here (laughs) to chat with you. And it's like, you know, here it is, this, you know, this cute little, you know, when you think about it, it's a cute little elephant. It's very cute, you know, but unless I- Wearing an elephant. (laughs) There you go. Look at that. How did I know that? You know, with, unless I pick up this elephant every single day, the energy of all the stuff that sits on my desk gets stagnant. And that then in in returns causes my mind to get stagnant. And when my mind gets stagnant, then that causes the root chakra where the root chakra starts to get stagnant because it's like my mind can't focus on anything because there's just too much stuff around me. even though the stuff might be, you know, something I, I enjoy, I appreciate, I love, there's great memories, but it's still the matter of that it's stuff that just sits. And now when we think of each individual, 
you know, some people have lots of things in their home and in their, in their office and even in their cars. And then you have other people who you walk into their home and it's like, hmm, like it was really funny. My soon to be son-in-law and my daughter were at my house two weeks ago. And my soon to be son-in-law mentioned something about, wow, is this what it looks like when there's nothing on the walls? Because in my apartment, other than you know a few pictures here and there, you could see my walls. Hmm. However, <laughs> regarding my, my parents' house, my dad's house, the walls are cluttered with beautiful antique clocks. Mm. And I'm going to say antique clocks because I don't think it's a matter of being cluttered with pictures <laughs> as much <laughs> as clocks. But I mean, it's wall to wall. You know, so when you come into my house, it's like there's very little, but you go to my dad's house and there's a lot. And, 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 I, and I didn't use the word that it's the, the stuff that's hanging on a wall is not of value because they're very valuable. I mean, my mother was a collector. So every clock on that wall is valuable. But because there's like 500 <laughs> mm. clocks on a square foot wall, that's a lot of clutter and cluttering the mind, cluttering the spirit, cluttering the emotions of the people living there. You know, so when we think about it in that aspect to the value of clutter, the value of decluttering, and how it really impacts and influences our mind, body, and spirit, and the emotional factors of it all. And the, the visual clutter, like it took me a long time to figure out that if I am looking at clutter all the time, visually, that it drives me nuts. Like I have to find a table that's clear. I have to find a wall that has nothing or one picture. And I didn't realize that growing up, that that was a very triggering thing for me. And the reason why I maintained my own room and things like that the way I did was because I really had a hard time visually seeing all that clutter. And it's kind of a triggering thing, which I didn't really key into it. And then I started to realize, once I realized that, um, this is not the first time I've been involved with like remodeling my house in some way. And all we're doing right now is painting, right? But I still have to move all the stuff around, pack it up, look at it, do all the things you're talking about to downsize it or just get it out of view you know and so sometimes throwing it in a tote works but that doesn't necessarily mean you've dealt with whatever you're yeah, throwing exactly. in there <laughs> exactly and when and when you even speak about you know having to when you walk into a space that has a lot of clutter having to focus on all of that and sometimes it's distracting to try to focus on if there's 10 pieces in one space, it's like, how do you focus on 10 pieces? You really can't. Mm -hmm. So you get distracted. So it's like trying to zoom in on, okay, I'm only going to focus on that blue ball that's in the back of my studio there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not going to focus on everything else that's back there because then it's distracting. Mm -hmm. And then once we think of distraction, then it's like, well, how can we possibly 
stay focused in our mission to what we're looking to accomplish for that time frame that we're doing. If we're all over the place, it's like um, when you're in the process of decluttering, you know, you pull something out of wherever you're pulling it out, and then you get distracted because it's like, oh, like you know, I, I, I pull out a photo album, and now. I'm curious to know what's in the photo album. So I open the photo album up and now I have to start looking at the pictures. And let's say argument's sake, there might be 50 pictures in the photo album. And now you have to go down memory lane of the 50 pictures. And now you just totally distracted yourself from decluttering because you got focused on something else. So it's this whole process of like, there's just, it's it, what, what comes up for me, which is, uh, um, I don't know why it's even coming up. It's almost like an, an ADHD syndrome where we get so overwhelmed by all of too much going on that we can't focus on one thing. And, and again, it brings us right back into the root chakra. I'm like, okay, how do I ground myself to know that I'm going to focus on decluttering this one space? And rather than getting distracted and and reason why I speak of a photo album is because I've actually done this myself. I mean, this was a personal experience. I have as well, recently. Yeah, (laughs) we're sitting in the mindset of like, okay, I'm going to clean and declutter the space that I'm in. So I'm in the process of it. And then all of a sudden I bump into the photo album and rather than taking the photo album and maybe putting it into another room so I can later come back and look at those pictures, which would have been the focus thing to do, and then come back to declutter again. Mm-hmm. No, I got distracted and I had to sit and look at the pictures. And maybe 30, 40 minutes went by that, that I spent looking at pictures versus completing my task. So there is a big difference that when we can sit back and have a plan to what it is we're looking to do. And okay, grant you. You don't know what you're going to find when you're in the process of decluttering, you know, and, and sometimes when you, you know, depending on what the purpose is behind the decluttering, like I believe the last time I was on a conversation with you, I spoke about the time when my sisters and I were in the process of decluttering my uh, mother's um, closets and drawers after her passing. So right off the bat, we all knew that it wasn't going to be one of those things that we were going to just pick up stuff and just put them in the bags, that we were literally going to go down memory lane. Mm-hmm. And whatever we picked up, it wasn't going to be like, okay, let's just put it in the bag and we'll come back to it later. So we already had the mindset of knowing that however long this is going to take us, it's going to take us. And if we pick up one article and we sat there for an hour with that one article, that's what we did because that's what we knew we were doing for that process of decluttering and going through. You know, so it really is about having, I guess, a, a game plan in regards to when one is going to make a decision to want to clutter their space. Now, I always find it really interesting that as, as humans, we always have specific times when, you know, when we're going to clean you know, our space up. And most of the times it's usually like spring cleaning and that's where that comes from. And then there is, let's say holiday time like Christmas because most people will put their Christmas decorations up including a tree, <laughs> no matter how big or small it is. And they have to make space for that tree. 
Right. Because if they don't have space to put the tree, it's like, well, where the hell am I going to put the tree? So they literally have to like move things around so they could put the tree. And in the process of now, I don't know about anybody else, but I know that when I'm going to put a tree up and I have to move things around so I can get that tree in its space, the vacuum comes out, the mop comes out, (laughs) and the dust rig comes out. Because now it becomes a cleaning project, not just putting up a tree. Because now I have to, if there happens, you know, once I move the piece of furniture, there might be dust under under the furniture. So now I have to vacuum the, the dust and mop it. So when I place the tree there, it's in a clean space. Mm-hmm. So there's so much more to our process of decluttering. It's like, okay, well, got to move things out for when we want to put different things in. And I think that's the whole, like the shifting that we do. And if we aren't moving things around, like we were talking about, it's stagnant. And I just see like stagnant water versus water that flows. And I just see that correlation between never moving your things around. And, but also the Christmas tree thing, um, if you were, if you live with someone who is used to clutter and not not willing to let you move it around, it can be really challenging at the holidays to even be allowed to put up a tree. And somewhere I have a picture of, I'm pretty sure we just decided we were going to have a tree and it's planted sitting on top of stuff because we couldn't, weren't allowed to move the stuff, but (laughs) we were going to have a tree. So, (laughs) and it, and it's one of those pictures I discovered in a photo album, like we were talking about that I didn't even know existed. Um, but you're, you're right. And I think for a lot of people, that's why they don't start doing any, doing things is because now it becomes a bigger project than what they first thought. And then it's overwhelming. And so either you don't start or you perfectionately clean that area. So everything else can be in disarray, but that particular space is perfectly on point. And I've done it myself too. <laughs> So oh, I yeah. know that that, but you're right. Like I'll go, Ooh, I haven't dusted here in what, since last Christmas? Is it that bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> since, the la- since the last time you moved, moved it out. It's like, it's like, for example, when I come on and do interviews or even every Sunday, when I do my, my rate, my TV show, I literally move my actual office desk away from where it is to the center of the room because of the lighting and it just you know it's just Mm. a nicer view behind me than just seeing a plain old wall but every time I move the desk now it's not so bad now because this is now a weekly thing and sometimes even more more frequent because depending on how often I'm doing interviews the when I first did it it was like I moved the desk it's like oh there's a lot of dust under there let me grab the vacuum so I mm-hmm. vacuumed it up and then I took the mop and, and then when I was done, I put the desk back and then, you know, because this became a more frequent thing, I didn't have to pull out the vacuum as much because I was moving this desk back and forth weekly. Mm-hmm. But just think about, I mean, based on even like, for example, feng shui, you know, which is all about energy, moving things around to keep things in flow. And it's like we said before about stagnation, anything that sits, And if I had to put a number to it, I'm going to go anything that sits for 21 days becomes stagnant. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, even if you take, let's say your couch, for example, and just slide it away from the wall, 
and then bring it back to the wall again, you've moved the couch. Mm -hmm. And that's going to bring energy to that space. But when we think about ourselves as humans, sometimes that's not so important for some. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not about, well, so the couch doesn't move. Because people don't make the connection that, okay, we don't, we haven't moved the couch since we bought the couch. It's been sitting there forever. And what's behind the couch? You'd be surprised at what you find behind your couch if you haven't moved <laughs> under it. <laughs> under it too, for that matter. But here it is, you have your couch. It's been sitting there for, let's say, a year, which you haven't moved. But now you do move it. And then you put it back. If people can get the connection and then become aware of what happens for them physically in their external world because they've moved a piece of furniture. That like all of a sudden something shifts in their life, whether it be their, their business, something shifts for them or their relationship or even their health, something shifts, something took a pivot somewhere because you moved something in your home. And when we think about I mean, the average person's couch in their home, where it sits in the placement on feng shui, it could be related to, I'm looking, I'm looking at my couch in my business and it's sitting in my helpful people section. Mm-hmm. So that means every time I move my couch, that's shifting the energy of how I help people. Mm-hmm. Every time I move my couch. Now I consciously, <laughs> you know, my OCD that I have, I consciously move my couch away from the wall and back to the wall at least once a month because I know a the area it's sitting in and how important it is to prevent stagnation from taking place you know and but that's a conscious thing and that's only because of all the research that I have done over the years based on the work that I do for myself and also for my clients because everything I do for me I implement it with my clients And I help my clients to understand that it's very important to make sure the corners, and as I say, I'm looking around my corners, (laughs) (laughs) making sure the corners in every space is not filled with clutter. And if it is, maybe you need to get to that corner and see what's there and get it out, especially if it's by the front door of your home or office for that matter. Because again, anytime there's any clutter in front of the doors, it's not inviting people in. Now, based on your home, that might be your sole purpose. You don't want to invite people in. <laughs> but based on your business, you definitely want the intention of clients either knocking at your door or being curious to know like, hmm, what do you do? And maybe you can help me. You know, well, otherwise, if you're really not looking for that, then put the clutter in front of the door. <laughs> Well, and it's really interesting that um, a lot of times the clutter can be used as a deterrent. Like, I, like I don't want people in my space, so the messier it is, the more excuse I have to not invite people in. But on the other hand, it's so distracting and overwhelming that you you can't enjoy your space or any aspect of it because of the, you're ashamed or embarrassed or whatever, and. And that, that little cliche statement, oh, don't mind the mess. I've said that so many times and people will look at me and say, what are you talking about? But it's like, just like this thing that rolls out of my mouth, like, you know, and 
I've had my house as clean as I can possibly get it, but then out blows the dust bunny as soon as I open the door, you know, and then I'm totally focused on the dust bunny and someone else is like, I didn't even, like, I don't even know what you're talking about, lady. Um, Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Now, just out of curiosity, uh, and I should really know the answer to this question, but I don't. What month are you born in? So I was born in January. Okay, so that makes you a Capricorn or you at the end of Capricorn? Yep. Yes. So interesting enough, because again, I was doing a little research based on our zodiac signs and which zodiac signs are more organized and which zodiac signs are more prone to not really caring about clutter. And I'm going to put it that way, because that's where I sit. And we'll (laughs) talk about that in a minute. (laughs) But like as a Capricorn, you like order. You like order. And I think too, for you, only because I know a little bit about your history, not only do you like order, but based on how you've grown up, and I'm going to use this term, you know, just for our viewers, the childhood, the child, inner child baggage that you had to experience. And that as an adult, it is so important for you to make sure there is no clutter. So when someone does come over and it does roll out of your tongue that, oh, excuse the clutter when there is no clutter, because that's your inner child surfacing when people come over because it's like your, your, your eyes are like zoning to see if there is any clutter because of the inner child baggage that you've carried all these years. And, and that's really... that Capricorn energy. Now, curiosity, do you know what your rising sign is? I do not. I'm not sure how you determine that. Okay. Uh, well, you wouldn't be able to do it now. You'd probably have to go and research, but all you need is the time that you were born. And of course, where you were born, meaning what city and um, your full name on your birth certificate. Uh, and, once, and once you do that, you'll get a beautiful chart. But primarily what you'd want to find out is the rising sign and then your moon sign. Because those two additional zodiac signs will also help you to determine if there are tendencies of being more like a clutter rat or if you really do need to be organized well that's really interesting because recently i asked i'm like so what time of day was i born because i was what kept waking up at this really specific time and i was like is that related somehow and i finally said asked my mom i'm like what time was i born she's like you're born at like 4 30 in the morning and i'm like I'm not sure where that plays into everything, but I'm like, so it, there's times when that's almost like, like I almost feel reborn. And when I wake up really ridiculous early like that and, uh, and that, well, early for me, but oh, yeah. on the oh, other yeah. end, I don't like things before like 6am, like don't even try to talk. Like I am not a hip functioning human before 6am. <laughs> Yes, no, I I totally get that. But I also do believe, and I haven't done any research on this to back up what I'm about to say, but I do believe that the time that we are born plays a huge role in our mindset and our intellect of what we can and cannot do at that time frame. Like you had said that you were born at 4.30 in the morning, yes? Mm Mm-hmm, yes. But you don't don't really start to accumulate until like 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. 
which makes a lot of sense because when you think about it, it's like 4.30 you were born and then it takes, it, it literally took your mind a little time to start like situating and like, oh, I'm no longer in this beautiful, safe place and now I'm out here. I was warm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And now you're out here. So it's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? So I do believe it does play a role in, in the whole process. Cause I know for me, I am not a morning person at all. And when I say not a morning person, like even 9 a.m. is like too early for me, but I'm up at 9 a.m. <laughs> you know, one, I was born at 1.15 p.m. Ah. And I really start to like focus and like I can think and I can really like get um, animated like about 11 o'clock that by one o'clock, I'm like, yeah, let's go. And it, to <laughs> me, it, it totally makes sense. It just does. But have a, don't have enough research to sit back and say that this is really what it is. But I'm going to almost guess and say it has to be. It has to make it. It has to quarterly if we really think about it. I mean, because otherwise, I mean, that's the time we were born. That's the time we took our first breath. Mm-hmm. You know, so it definitely makes sense. So, yeah, so if you can, once you do go and find out what your moon and rising sign is, and if you want to message it to me, I would let you know um, where, where it stands in regards to, are you more prone to being more clutter-based, but because of your childhood experience, you are more conscious to being organized? Because I think that too plays a role where... You know, let's say, for example, like for you, because you've had as a child, you had so much clutter around you that as an adult, it would just make much more sense for you to say, no, I am not going to live that way. It has to be different this way. And a lot of the times, like this is what I've noticed is that I can, so they call it clutter blindness for people that hoard that like they don't see it the same way. But I also, on the other side of that, I can tune it out for a period of time. I can just totally be like, yeah, I know it's over there. If it's behind me and I can't see it, it doesn't bother me. But then I turn around and I'm like, oh, good, great, goodness, this is terrible. But I, and I can only go for a period of time. Like right now I'm looking at a laundry basket. (laughs) But and, I, and so it's like, you know, I can only deal with it for a p- period of time. And the other piece is, I, even if the, a major part of my house is due to packing or painting or whatever, like it's kind of in a mess, I need a space that I can get away from that. And recently, like every room was a mess for like in two days. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. I can't handle it. So I do feel like I have a higher tolerance sometimes. But on the other hand, there's always that fear that you'll tip into this place where you can't get control again. And and yes, and and I actually think, not to cut you off, but I actually think a lot of that really does have to do with the influence of what's going on with our planets at a Mm -hmm. given time. Like right now, we have our our planet Pluto, and there's so much talk about whether or not Pluto is even a planet these days, but yeah, we still think it is. Um, but Pluto's in retrograde, and Pluto is the planet of transformations and rebirth, and it's also a matter of, 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 of getting into that space of literally letting go of anything that has decayed, anything that literally has completely fallen apart, and it's like if you were to pick it up, that literally would cribble in your hands, 
-hmm. And that's where we are right now. And depending on for each individual where Pluto sits in the individual's chart, and when I say where it sits, meaning what house it's associated with, that is going to make a huge impact on whether or not a person is going to be triggered by let's say childhood experiences where let's say if they were in a home where there was a lot of stuff, you know, and here it is that, you know, as an adult, this experience is showing up and it's like, oh my God, like, why is it when I see clutter, I get agitated, I get annoyed, I get, I get antsy, I get anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you as the adult is getting this, what it is actually doing is triggering the inner child that lived through this before, whether the inner child lived through it in this lifetime or even in the past lifetime. And I truly believe, and this is something that's fairly new for me in reference to research, I truly believe that when we had experienced something from a past life, it's something in this lifetime that we are actually here to learn from and to experience the healing of whatever it's connected to, to help us get to where we have to go. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes one of those things where it's helping us to heal and let go of a past contract from a past life. So it's not necessarily relating to the inner child that you, that from this lifetime, it's like that inner child from maybe 50 years, 50 lifetimes ago, and that this is surfacing. And when we have this energy with, with the planet Pluto and whatever other planets is going to play here, because there's going to be, a, there's going to be additional two more planets going retrograde. And when our planets retrograde, just for our viewers that are not aware, retrograde just means the energy of that planet slows down. And when it slows down mentally, I'm going to use the word mentally, it, it's almost to the point where we are more aware of things that are showing up, but we don't understand why they're showing up. Like, why is it that it, it, it might annoy you when you see clutter more so now than if Pluto wasn't in retrograde? Mm. You know, and also making note too, like we said before, where does Pluto sit in the chart, in one's chart, and how potent is that chart is is that house that Pluto's sitting in that's going to make it to the point where that person is so like oh my god if we don't get this clutter out of here I'm gonna shoot somebody (laughs) (laughs) well and it is um it I found that happened a couple months ago and because I I knew what we were doing but I wasn't expecting it to happen that day so I walked in I'm like why are the baseboards all over my living room floor like I knew it was coming but I just wasn't ready or didn't expect I was like and I could just feel it go up and now that we're talking about that whole inner child piece our house was never finished and so Mm. there was always some kind of project going on in our space somehow and so I think that was kind of like I don't and in my head I don't live this way. I don't do like, you know, all these things were ticking off in my head versus look how good this is going to look. And it's in 30 minutes, it'll be fixed. Like calm down. 
uh, you know, and so exactly, exactly. But something you were talking about the previous our inner child and maybe from previous lifetimes and previous things, and I've seen um, this uh, meme basically that talks about when you start healing your trauma in your generation, you're also healing past generations and. Yes. I, I am seeing that come true in uh, significant relationships I have right now, but I also feel that a lot of the women in my family that had hoarding issues that we're somehow healing that as well. And so, and it's not, so some people will say, well, how come you chose to do this? And, or how come you chose to talk about this? And I really feel like it chose me <laughs> oh yeah yes i i would agree to that 100 percent. and also if you think about it because what was actually like coming up intuitively as you're saying about your family members and 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 just the women in your family when we think about ourselves and and how we're influenced by you know our astrological sign and also pluto it's not just us i mean if we took research and and i actually know like everyone in my immediate families, yes, they have actual charts. Mm. Every every astrological oh, wow. sign, what <laughs> it looks like, what it's associated with, and you know, this thing and that thing. And when we can take the time out to to like connect the dots to, you know, maybe your mother had a let's say for example, maybe your mother had Pisces energy in her sun rising or moon sign. And if so, for her, clutter was not a big deal. In fact, for her, clutter was one of those things that actually made her feel comfortable mm -hmm. because she was so more focused on her intuition, her creative side. And if she was doing a creative project, now if your mother's anything like me, when I'm in the process of doing a creative project, do not touch anything that's around my desk, my couch, the floor <laughs> because chances are there's going to be a lot of stuff around because everything that's that is around I'm using for my creative project and I know exactly where it is like I was saying to my husband what was it last week he had moved something from the kitchen table and I'm like hubby what you do with that black and white book he's like uh you have, like have 12 black and white books which one are you talking about I was like the one that was on the kitchen table he goes, um, 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 um. <laughs> he's like, I, I put it in the living room. And I was like, so I went to the living room. I'm like, where is it? And he's like, it's on the couch. It's on the, and he was getting so nervous because in his mind, he's like, oh my God, oh my God, what, what? I was like, I need that black and white book because it's got my notes for what I'm working on. And if you put it anywhere, I can't find it <laughs> because it, it wasn't in the organized clutter. And I call the word organized clutter because I knew where yeah. everything was. Now, if you would have came into my house, you would have walked in and be like, what the hell hit this space? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I can actually relate to that because, and I'm just thinking about how valuable it is to have a dedicated space for you so that your space any person like if you have if you're able to have a space that no one else is allowed to basically fiddle with I think it's very valuable to have that and I also am a I am a fan of doors on rooms because 
I can leave my project and shut the door. And then my, well, I don't have a cat currently, but I did. And they would mess it up. The dog could get in there and, you know, wag their tail if it was my stuff on the floor. Cause I know exactly what you mean about that. And oh, yeah. yeah, I tend to be kind of a slob when I'm doing something, but then I'm, I generally will pick it up. But if I don't have to, or it's just a, a small break, it's nice to not have to shift everything around. Exactly. And like, I know for me, again, as a Pisces sun sign, when I'm working on a project and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the type, although I've gotten better, I'm not going to be the type that when I'm finished with the project at the end of the night, just because it's, it, it's the end of the night, doesn't mean I finished the project. Right. It means it's time for me to go to bed. <laughs> so I have to like get up and go to bed though in the past I would literally just leave everything where it was and just shut down the computer mm-hmm. but everything stayed where it was so the stuff on the floor stood on the floor the stuff on the couch stood on the couch and as long as I knew I didn't have to like uh make space on the kitchen table for breakfast mm-hmm. every, everything stayed on the, on the kitchen table and I knew exactly where everything was, but anybody walking into my apartment would be like, oh my God, like, what the hell? Because <laughs> in their mind, it was clutter. And in my mind, it's like, no, I know where everything is. Don't touch nothing. I will move it and put it away because I need to put it in an organized pile <laughs> so I can come back to it, you know? So as a Pisces, sun, moon, or rising sign, we're not concerned with clutter. Now, thank goodness that I have a different moon and a different rising sign that gives me a little sense of more organization than being just a Pisces. So if let's say all my signs are Pisces, oh Lord, I'd probably just be living in a lot of clutter, you know? <laughs> you know, but so I like, interesting enough, what's that? Oh, I like what you said about an organized pile because like I, I'm on calls and with clients or in coaching and whatever. And I always have notes that I've taken and it really somehow matters how I stack it, you know, and then I can refer to it later and move it to its respective notebook or file or whatever. But it's, it's like, I need to know the order. And exactly. I, of course, I have no one to blame right now. Except myself <laughs> exactly. If I don't do it that way, but um, yeah, it's just kind of strange to me how how you can actually know where your things are, and if someone moves it, like you're like you, it, it's disconcerting in a way, you, you know. Exactly. And I think that's why it's so helpful to work with someone who is aware of that human component that emotional component that hey this is how I create this is how I operate and exactly. this I need you exactly. to be respectful exactly and I want to point out too because I'm looking at my notes and I was just saying before that thank goodness all three of my signs you know were not all Pisces otherwise I'd be in this big charade mess <laughs> as I'm glancing at my notes now and, and I want to be specific so the viewers can relate to this as an Aquarius moon sign, Aquarius, you are not really impressed by being neat. They don't feel like they need to impress anybody. If somebody were to come to their house, they don't have to tidy everything up. So yeah, so now I have Pisces and Aquarius that really aren't about impressing. <laughs> you know, so if you're going to walk into my house, 
I don't need to like clean anything up. And cancer is my rising sign and cancer is the same. They like, they like comfort. They like to be comfortable. They like to make people comfortable as well. However, cancers will tidy up a little bit because they want to make people feel comfortable. Mm. So they're not going to, if they know they have company coming over, they will try to put things in an orderly fashion so their company will not feel like, oh my God, what the hell? Mm -hmm. So thank God that I have cancer as my rising because I can only imagine what my house would be. And as I sit here (laughs) thinking about my three signs, it takes me back to my mother. Because again, my mother was one of those people where when we were younger, we all had chores in the house to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to make sure we all did our cleaning on Friday, but she would do a thorough cleaning two times a year, Christmas and summer. But the house was always clean, you know, and and when she did thorough cleaning, she'd take everything away from the walls, everything off the walls, everything got washed. Mm. So I I think of how she does what she did and I, and, I, and I think to myself, I'm like, well, I guess because she was like that, I sort of picked up some of the habits of like, okay, I do need to keep my house fairly clean. So this way here, it's, it's not collecting dust all over the place. And then that affects the physical components of, of my health, you know? Right. So when we think about astrological signs, you know, just want to run through some of them so all of our viewers can feel like we're talking to them as well. Some of the astrological signs that are more prone to wanting to be neat, to wanting to be organized, to wanting to impress externally. And those signs would be Virgo. Virgos are extremely organized. Now I have to laugh about Virgos because my daughter happens to be a Virgo sun sign. Mm. And if I had to sit back and say, organize, I laugh hysterical because I'm like, organize. If you were to see her room, <laughs> I, I walk in there all the time and I'm like, oh my God, like what? Hit this room, a tornado? It's like the opposite of organized. But again, she's a Virgo son. Maybe it's something that eventually as she gets her own place, maybe she'll become more organized. But, you know. <laughs> just a little, just a little side note there. And then we have Taurus. Now Taurus is all about appearance. It is so important for them mm-hmm. that if somebody wants to come in their office space or in their home, or even when we talk about, you know, appearance, it's like, how are they looking? Like, do they look organized? Do they wear like specifically like men? Do they have their, sh- uh, their shirts tucked in? Do they have their shirts hanging out? Women the same. They're organized. They like to be clean, they like to be neat hmm. for the Taurus. Then we, we already spoke about Capricorns because you're a Capricorn, so you do <laughs> like order. You do like order. You know, hmm. I would be really curious to know what your moon and, and uh, rising sign is. Is just really see if it really plays a role, or if a lot of your um, need to be organized has more to do with your childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to get back to me on that. It would be interesting to know that because I know like when I went in the military, it was very welcome. The order was very welcome to me and the expectation, I think that it would be orderly was, I think something that drew me in a way to that, but. Yes. Yeah. Well, even though I've never been in the military in the Navy and the army, I mean, I do know that 
there's structure. I mean, you're not leaving your bed undone. <laughs> no. Nope. The bed has to be your bed has to be uh, draped and tucked. And if it's not, <laughs> <laughs> there are repercussions. And even to this yes. day, I make my bed like yes, yes. I, or even in a hotel room, I'll straighten it. I won't like make it because I hear that's a real actual pain for the people to come in and have to unmake it. But it's still that. And there's people that say that like, that's how you, if you want to establish a habit, pick something very simple like that as a baseline. And the other part is if you get nothing else done that day, you can still say, I got my bed made. Yes. I I used to laugh about that because my, when I lived at home, especially as a kid, even as an adult for that matter, when I lived at home, my father would always complain, you didn't make your bed. I'm like, why do I need to make my bed? I'm only going to go back in it in less than eight hours, you know, so there's no need to make it. And he's like, well, if in case we have company, well, why do you need to bring them into my room? They don't need to see my bedroom. It's not necessary. And he's like, you need to make your damn bed. You know, so of course, you know, living on my own. And when you come up into my apartment, the first room out of all the rooms in my apartment that you see is my bedroom. (laughs) And I don't believe in doors. If it was Mm. up to me, I'd take every door off the hinge and take them away because I I have a thing with doors. If anything, I have curtains. Mm. But you see, that's the first thing you see when you walk into my apartment is the bedroom. And I'm like, okay, the the bed has to be made because that's the first thing you're seeing <laughs> so yeah so it's really funny it's like huh. it's like how did that happen so anyway so yeah so now we talk about scorpios now scorpios they're on the messier side and they too don't really like to they're not concerned about impressing you know they're they're, they're, they're it's not about well oh my god i'm gonna have a house full of company let's clean things up but they do keep it organized. They do keep it organized. And in regards to cancers, we spoke about them already because that's my rising sign. They like to be comfortable, but they also like people who come over to be comfortable as well. So they're not gonna have, they're not gonna have to move everything off the couch so people can sit on their couch. And I say that because I'm looking at my couch right now and there's some stuff on my couch. <laughs> Mine too. I unpacked my car yesterday with I'm coming back um and I'm like okay all this stuff's on my couch right now. <laughs> yes exactly and then we have Aries now Aries can go either way Aries can be to the point where they're extremely extremely neat or they could be complete hoarders mm. and I think a lot of that really again has to do with rising or moon sign and or as we spoke on before what house Pluto is sitting in on their chart. Mm. And that's, that, that will vary. So again, because Pluto's in retrograde right now, it's very potent energy for the next five months. Once Pluto goes direct, it's not as potent. So Aries may not be as diligent as keeping themselves in a neat space mm. as they might be right now or the reverse. And a lot of it is, you know, again, the Pluto energy, their moon, their rising sign. There's a lot of factors that play into why one might be extremely neat and why one might be extremely disorganized. Hmm. Then we have Leo. 
Now, Leo likes to impress. They like to impress, but not necessarily in the house. So again, they can fall into that space where they could be neat, but they're not gonna go out of their way to, if they know they're having a major event at, in the house, they're not gonna go out of their way to like clean everything, hmm. but they will keep it tidy. Then we have Aquarius, which we already spoke on. They have no need to express impress at all. No need at all. Now, hopefully, you know, Aquarius out there have a moon or rising sign that flips that over, like uh, um, whether it be a Virgo or a Taurus that helps them to get that organization going on. Mm. Then we have Gemini. Gemini's, their intentions are good. They have all the intention in the world to, I'm going to clean my room. I'm going to clean my room. I'm really going to clean my room, but there's a really great movie on it. I really want to watch that instead. <laughs> so they may not get to it, but they have great intentions. They have great intentions. It just <laughs> never gets done. You know, it's like, it's like one of those, one of those um, experiences where your mom would say to you, you know, can you take your shoes and bring them upstairs? Yeah, 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 I'm going to get to it in a minute. After the TV show's finished, I'm going to get to it. And five hours later, mom is like, can you really take those shoes upstairs? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to finish my homework and then I'm going to do it. And before you know it, this is the same thing that goes on because your intention is good, but you get distracted. <laughs> I must have some Gemini somewhere in there because there that happens to me where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And then you know, it's two hours later and I still haven't even looked at it, you know, or made a move in its direction at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then we have Libras. Cleaning is not their top priority. Cleaning is not their top priority. It's not important. It will get done when it needs to, but it's not their first thing. They'd rather go and get outside. They'd rather go do a creative project, but it's not their priority. They do like that balance though, but it's not priority. So if they, if they only had an hour to do something, they may end up doing something else rather than cleaning. Mm -hmm. And we already spoke about Pisces. And then we have Sagittarius. Sagittarius, again, cleaning not high on their list neither. So when we think about our zodiac sign, the size for Virgos, Taurus, Capricorns, many of the many of the other astrological signs, it's not a big priority to be neat, to be organized. And not that we're not saying they're not, it's just that it's, it's not a big. You know, so again, I know for myself, I have moments where, and I should, I don't know if moments would be a good word. I have, I have timelines, periods, where I go through this decluttering phase where like, oh my God, I need to declutter that space because I want to use that space for something else. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a motive to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Or for example, if I've just set through a feng shui workshop, 
<laughs> and the feng shui specialist is like, okay, you need to move. And this is a, this is a great number. I love this number. And I don't know if the number is the same for everybody, but we'll say for today it is. Um, you need to move 27 items in one room. 27 items in one room. And it doesn't matter how big or small the item is. And when, when the feng shui specialist would say you need to move 27 items, it's not even a matter that you actually literally have to take the item and move it someplace else. You can literally just take the item, pick it up off where it's sitting, and then put it back down. 27 items though. Now, when I do this, I will literally take 27 items and relocate them. Mm. I will put them either in a different place in the room or I will literally take it out of the room. And the 27 items have to be moved within the same day. Mm. So it's not one of those things that you could do, let's say nine items today and nine items tomorrow and another nine items the next day. All 27 items have to be moved within the same day. Mm. And the reason why it's 27 items is because when you add the, the 27 together in numerology, it works out to be a nine. nine. Mm. And nine is about transformations and transitions and letting go. Now, I cannot tell you how often when I've moved 27 items, how many items I actually will take off of something, look at it and say, okay, this is going into a box and I'm getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, by moving your 27 items, you start to declutter out of the house. Because it's like, okay, if I have to pick this thing up, the next time I do my 27 items, oh my God, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. I got to get rid of this. There's no reason to hold on to it anymore. It's going to a box and I'm putting it out. In fact, Let's talk about something really funny. It's not really funny though. I had this metal filing cabinet that in my business, I had it originally when I expanded, it was in one room. And then when I downsized, I brought it down to my, my quote unquote office. It's not my office anymore. If you were only to see that, let's talk about clutter. But anyway, I had it down there. And in my mind, my intentions were, well, maybe I will use this, this filing cabinet at some point. And I don't even think I used it when I first bought it. I don't even know where the hell I got it. But anyway, so I, I finally decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this filing cabinet back upstairs and see if I use it because it's upstairs now. It's actually in, in my eye view. Mm -hmm. And after I think, I don't know, three months or whatever, not, and I, there was nothing in it. It was completely empty. After three months, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick this filing cabinet outside. And it's not a light filing cabinet. I literally had to drag it because it's metal. It's heavy. Mm -hmm. And I put a sign on it. It's free. Take me. And I was like, hopefully somebody will come by and need a filing cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> I would say two days later, 
because I literally put it right outside my business door. Two days later, I realized as I, as I walked in and out of my business door for two days, after the second day, I was like, oh, filing cabinet's finally gone. Yay, someone took it. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, yay, I didn't have to bring it back in. I had no intentions of bringing it back in. Right. It was going to sit out in front of my door until finally, I don't care, it would have been out there for a year for all I care. But I finally got rid of it. You know, so I was really, really excited. But going back to our 27 items, what I would recommend our viewers to do, and all of us to do for that matter, today we are in a very high potent new moon energy, in Taurus energy. And depending on where Taurus sits in the person's chart, the house will determine whatever energy that's going on for them. And this would be a great day because when we have new moon, it stays with us. The energy stays with us for three days. Now, the actual new moon was yesterday. So we have all day today and then we still have all day tomorrow that I challenge everybody. And I'm not going to challenge myself to do this because I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I don't have time. I'll do it for the full moon and I'll give you that date too. But I challenge our viewers to move 27 items in one room. And again, it doesn't matter if they just pick it up off, the, off where, wherever it's sitting and put it back down. Now, the other thing I'm gonna challenge everyone to do as well, a little bonus, have a dust rag and possibly a mop with you. Because when you do pick up whatever it is you're picking up, there's probably gonna be some dust there. Do this as a process of you're going to be cleaning as well. Exactly. And it's so, it, it, it is something, there is something really energetically positive about moving it and like, oh, look, there's a little bit of dust and just having that right there with you. Like you're prepared for this thing you're doing. And I love the idea of, I have probably more than 27 items that could stand to move today. Uh, <laughs> But, but, it's but let's start with 27. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be huge. And it doesn't, it can just be something, it just shifts. Like recent, yesterday, uh, I have a camper and we moved the camper to a new location. And that's the first time it's been moved since the day I planted it there a few years ago, basically. And when I went through that, it, it felt like this necessary shift like shift from stagnation to hope basically and exactly. so and that was only one item now granted we had to move a whole bunch of items tuck it in so it wouldn't fall during the move but it it really was about rediscovering that space and clearing out what isn't needed and yes it was quite dusty <laughs> Yes, yes, so. exactly, exactly. So yeah, so for our viewers, when they're in the process, because I, I always like to take whatever it is that we're doing and take it as a learning experiencing, as an awakening or an enlightening moment. So what I'm also going to encourage the viewers to do as a challenge is for them to pay attention to how they feel in the space of they're in to start with in, in, in that space that they're going to be moving 27 items, how they first feel in that space. Note it. 
And then once they've actually moved the 27 things, then take note of how they feel in that space now. And then one next step is also take note, probably within, I'm gonna say probably seven to 14 days later, take note of what changes take place in your life, whether it's something really big or something really small. And whatever the changes may be, it could be the fact of that you've had a, you, you, you got, you were inspired to write up, write up a new resume. You were inspired to um, change your dietary habits. You were inspired, inspired to exercise. You were inspired to leave your job. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it might inspire you to do, but take note because I always like to say, and I, I do not use this word ever. Oh, I shouldn't say ever, but there's no such thing as coincidence. Mm. And I always believe that when something has shifted based on something we physically do, such as moving something around, people will say, well, that's just a coincidence that that happened at the same time I moved 27 items. And I say, not so. I believe that by you moving 27 items, you moved the energy in your space. And by moving the energy in your physical space, that then moves the energy in your mental space, in your emotional space, and in your spiritual space. And out of all the spaces, the spiritual space, from my point of view, is the most important because that spiritual space of moving things around starts to move things around. Yes. Move things around where all of a sudden, things that we felt stuck in our life with, all of a sudden it's like, wow, things are starting to move. Like out of the clear blue, you get that phone call or you get that, well, I will say email, because I think in these days and days, most people do emails where you put out 20 resumes to different jobs and you finally got the email that, or you got like 10 emails, we received your application and we would love to have you come in for that interview. Or we, we, was, we were so impressed by your interview, we would like to see you and get you started up in a position. Mm -hmm. And that's what these 27 things that we move can really move no matter how big or small it is. And it's just that it's that shifting of the energy, I think, and shifting, it just changes, I think, your perspective. And I think travel has also done that for me a lot. And even now, obviously, we're much more limited, but I will take a different route home. I will go a different route to the store. I will go to a different beach than the one I normally go to. And just changing that around shifts something for you and so now is a great time for us to look at a space and say this is the one where I'm going to move 27 things and exactly, exactly. and then you're still shifting things even if you're not able to be out as much or exactly and we have we literally have so much support right now with our planets as mentioned Pluto isn't retrograde until October 6th mm. So we have five months 
that Pluto is going to help us literally get rid of what we need to get rid of. And then May 22nd, Saturn is going to retrograde. And Saturn will stay retrograde until October 11th, I believe. Hmm. And Saturn is our planet of structure. Now, before I move into the second part of that, when we think of structure, let's think of structure, like structure of your house, structure of your business, structure of your body. And that's what Saturn is going to help us with, how to structure and how to get more discipline in the things that we do. And what do we, what, what things can we let go of that no longer aligns with our structure? And then we also have Mercury that's going to go retrograde on May 3rd, May 29th, 30th, depending on where you are. And good thing for Mercury, Mercury doesn't stay retrograde for long. Uh, Mercury will go direct on let me see, May, oh my God, my God, my God. It was there, June, May, June, what date? June something, I can't remember when, but it's a short one. But Mercury is our planet of communication, mm-hmm. scheduling, planning, traveling, technology. So all of that when we think about that it's like you know we can we could definitely declutter the way we communicate i mean how many of us don't communicate so well (laughs) (laughs) that's true you know so when we think when we think about these planets that are here to support us through this process of moving the 27 things and see what unfolds after we've moved 27 things and like i said You don't have to move 27 things and find a new spot for it. You could just pick it up, dust it, put it back down. Now, if you're like me, you're going to be like, okay, I have to move 27 things and it's got to go from one wall to this wall. And what I do, because I've actually asked my feng shui specialist about this as well, because I have like frames on my wall of certificates, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and because my space is feng shui, I can't put certain certificates on a different wall because of the feng shui. So she says, no, you take this, this, this certificate here and you take it from here and you put it over here. You take this one and you put it over there. That's mm. all you do. It's just, just relocating. Walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. You know, like uh, my back wall is my fame wall. I don't know if you can see that big dumbbell back there. Mm-hmm. That under the dumbbell, I have, um, competition photos and when I'm in the process of moving my 27 things those competition photos I take them and put them in different orders Mm -hmm. yeah and it's really amazing because when I do how my clients that are here all the time they'll actually like oh is that a new photo you just put up I'm like no that's been there forever (laughs) (laughs) it's just that I moved it that's all yeah, but, but, but that's the thing. We don't have to go crazy in the process of moving things. And, and if you want to go crazy in the process of moving things, that's fine too. But have fun with it because it is a lot of fun. And then just really appreciate what comes out of it afterwards. Right. You know, and, and that's the most important factor is really what comes out after, you know, what unfolds 
after we have moved things around. And also for those of us who do experience like yourself, family members or, or friends or whatever, who, who we are around a lot, having hoarding issues, maybe having the understanding now that their astrological sign could be the cause to their, to their, to their hoarding issue, or even their past life experiences that they've chosen to, to contract those experiences into this lifetime, that there's a reason why that has happened. And, and in regards to for you, Tammy, if you think about it, based on what you've experienced as a, as a child, here you have this amazing career that you get to do. And it's such a unique career because I don't know, the, I don't know if there's too many people out there that really do talk about hoarding and clutter. Well, the, the interesting piece that I have found is more people are becoming more outspoken about their experience growing up in these situations. Um, and some people who have hoarded and found their way to managing it um, are being more forthright with their experiences. But part of the reason people shy away from it is the mental health piece and the stigma and the shame. And I experienced all those things just as being associated with it and uh, being expected to fix it from even as a kid to how that works now that people think as an adult, you can come in and fix it. And I'm like, I now, th this is my question when someone tells me what I should do, who I know does not know about the situation or I ask them, so tell me what you know about hoarding. And then I'm quiet because a lot of times people will say, oh, I've seen the show. Okay, now I know what I'm working with to a point, but uh, there's a lot of people who also organize and do things like that that don't have the lived experience of growing up in this situation. And I feel like that is a piece of the puzzle when we start figuring out all what our story is and our why and how that can help other people. I think that makes us more relatable. And I never thought I'd be having conversations about hoarding or having, helping people try to figure it out or helping family members who are really concerned. And then even looking into how our current system, the way it's set up in a number of ways is not, encouraging for people to seek treatment or to seek help or to even have a conversation. And I feel like just by creating space to do that is changing how we talk about it. And even in places where I am absolutely there for business or some other purpose, and I, I'm not even there to talk about hoarding specifically, but people will ask what you do or what do you talk about and then all of a sudden you have someone telling you their story, their experience, what they've gone through, um, that they're dealing with a family member right now. Um, and the overwhelm is very accurate for everyone, the person that hoards and all the peripheral people. And mm -hmm. just recognizing and keying into things like Oh, maybe your sign has something to do with the way you're operating. Exactly, because now you now you have now you have this new I'm going to use the word this new element 
this new piece that you can include in your conversations where it will eliminate, or at least soften, not eliminate, but soften the person's guilt, shame, or, or embarrassment to the situation. And, and sort of like lighten the situation up a little bit by saying, right. well, you know what? The reality is that, you know, this might just be your story. This might be something that you're supposed to be doing in this lifetime and such as yours. And that, you know, hey, maybe your zodiac signs are the reason why you have this situation going on. And let's, you know, let's tap into that first, as opposed to the person feeling ashamed or embarrassed about their situation. And it becomes a little lighter for them, you know. And and in my point of view, I mean, the way I see it is like when you when you were speaking about someone's experience of how much do they know about hoarding and they say to you well well i watched the hoarding show it's like the same concept when you talk to somebody who who has a lot of weight they have to release you know and it's like well how much do you know about someone who carries 300 pounds of weight with them right well i, well, I watched the biggest loser oh that's what we know about <laughs> it's like it's like yeah go step over there for now because there's so much more chew someone who carries 300 pounds or someone who's hoarding than what what they actually what what we're actually seeing on let's say tv shows for entertainment purposes and i truly believe you know just from the work that i do and the new work that i've started doing with astrology and medical astrology and just really bring it all together that when we can really understand who we are on a soul level then it makes it helps us to have a little more compassion to the people dealing with what they're dealing with and recognizing that okay this person doesn't really want to live with all this clutter or or hoarding for that matter there might be a deeper issue relating to this that this is what they do to protect themselves for whatever the reasons are Right. And if we can get into that and really discover, you know, because again, it, it, it involves a team, not just, not just someone who's going to come in and convince this person that, you know, you have to get rid of all your shit. <laughs> right. Because it's not about getting rid of all your shit. It's about, okay, can we sit down and, and find out at what point in your life that you felt the need that you need to collect things or, you know, people buy you things and it's like, oh my God, well, if I got rid of this, what would they think of me? Right. What would they think of me? You know, Aunt Mary bought me this beautiful antique piece. If I got rid of it, what is she going to think of me? And then it's like all of those thoughts go on too. So there's so many different layers yes. that's associated. And, and we can connect this with, <coughs> excuse me, we can connect this with hoarding and we can connect this with someone who, who's overweight, very similar process mm-hmm. you know and we we could probably connect it to anything for that matter because there's always a deeper issue a deeper layer that's associated to what's surfaced what we can physically see what we can physically see is connected to something that is so deep rooted and that if people can take the time to sit with this person and it requires a team not just one person unless one person has all these hats that they wear you know, but it requires a team to say, you know what, this person has this issue, but it stems from somewhere. 
And whether it stems from their childhood experiences or something they even had from past, past lifetimes ago, it stems from somewhere. Right. And chances are, depending on how old this person is, chances are you are not going to get this person to completely release all of their issues in this lifetime. You know, and, and this person that's in your journey is in your journey because there's something that you're supposed to learn from their experience to help you. It's not always about them, you know, and you've been blessed to have this amazing experience that might not have seemed so amazing when you were a child, but here you are as an adult being able to help so many in this experience deal with this and understand this in a whole different way than just being a hoarding issue. And it's interesting to me because I will see something or even this morning for something this morning, I woke up and I was like, okay, I need to write this down right now. And it's that whole thing, like, well, how, why this? And to me, it's God, but it's like, because it's been waiting for you. What? Like, or I'll come up with another why and another question and a, how come no one's addressed it? And how come this? And it's like, well, you have this question because you also have to think about how can you answer it? Or who do you know that can answer it? Exactly. And it's, it's, it's your why. It's your story. It's your journey, you know, to why you're the one who've chosen, and I use that word, and, and I know sometimes people just love that. They're like, I chose this? Yes, <laughs> you chose this. You know, we've, we've had this conversation way before we were born. You know, we sat at a desk with God, and God said, look, this is what I have for your purpose for you. This is what it looks like. I feel you're up to the task. Do you agree? <laughs> You not knowing better, you say, of course, you're God. Why would I not agree? (laughs) Why would I not agree? I'm not going to disagree with you. Of course, I'm up to the task. And he's speaking to your higher self. Mm -hmm. He's not speaking to you. He's speaking to your higher self. So your higher self knows all the details, all the exacts of what needs to take place. Now it's up to us as a human to connect with our higher self and have those conversations Mm -hmm. as you did. Like, well, why is this happening? And then you hear the little voice say, well, because it's you're here to find the answer. This is your question. You need to find the answer. You're not gonna find the answer by going to Sue down the block and say, hey, Sue, do you know this or that? Sue is not gonna be able to answer that. But what you will do is when you connect with the higher self, and say, higher self, show me the answer. Higher self and God then begins to bring in different people, different places and different experiences to give you your answer. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're smart enough to pay attention to your senses and also the fact that you asked the question, then you will receive the answer. But as humans, we tend to ask a lot of questions And we tend to not sit down long enough to pay attention to when the answers come in 
-hmm. And then we think we don't get the answers. We get the answers all the time. It's just that we have to activate our ears. We have to activate our eyes. We have to activate our senses and we have to stop being distracted. Whatever's distracting us is preventing us from hearing, seeing, feeling, and even smelling mm -hmm. and tasting. Like when you sit there and, and you're not eating anything and all of a sudden you're like, why is it I'm, I'm tasting spaghetti? What's going on? I, I don't have spaghetti here, but I feel like I want to eat spaghetti. Mm -hmm. Where's that coming from? And if you take that moment to think like, okay, who's connected to spaghetti? Mm. Now, bad example. <laughs> well, here's a funny thing about spaghetti though. Okay. <laughs> and that is several years ago, it's been, well, actually a decade now, but I filed for a necessary divorce. That's what I call it. I'm grateful that I got out of that situation, but I called spaghetti divorce chow because all of a sudden I had extra expenses, but a pot of spaghetti was pretty inexpensive to make and you'd have several meals. So I caught, I started calling it divorce chow and I, <laughs> um, but it, it's true. I did make a lot of that and variations of it, but it was a matter of figuring out how, what could I do with what I have? And so that's, for me, spaghetti is actually a very poignant thing. And I grew up with a lot of casserole type things, which is great because you can stretch what you've got. And I learned that from my mom. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. interesting that you should talk about spaghetti. spaghetti. Exactly. And, and when we think again, when we come back and we really activate our abilities to our senses and recognize when we ask a question, mm -hmm. you know, whether we're asking that question out loud or we're in our head asking like that, that big question on, well, why me? Well, why the hell not you? Right. Why not you? You know, it's like, you know, one of those things, but really allowing ourselves to really become aware and activate the energy around us. And when we do move those 27 things, these are things that may very well start to show up for us where we start to hear. Like I myself, I love when I sit in silence. Like when I'm alone, there's no TV on and there's no radio on. I am in complete silence and I love it because the information I get when I sit quietly, oh my God. It's like, wow, it's like all these downloads. Sometimes it's to the point where like, and I, I, and I have to say this to my spirit guides, I tell them, you need to come in one at a time because if you're all trying to come at the same time, I can't hear you because it's too much at one time. So mm -hmm. one at a time, I'll say thank you. So, you know, I got the message and then the next one can come in. But I love my quiet time. It's like, I know I'm going to get messages because I ask questions all the time. And that, so we have to, go ahead. Oh, that, and that, that piece of the quiet time, I just had this discussion a couple days ago where I'm like, in the morning, I don't generally turn anything on for like two hours, except the coffee pot, you know, and maybe the faucet. But I mean, I, it's very quiet and um, the journaling, the things that come to me, driving quietly in the car, um, that, that quiet time is not only rejuvenation, but you're right. It, there's a lot of, download and thinking and thoughts that come through and answers to questions 
during that time. And if I'm always busy and crowded and noisy, I don't get it. I, I or it's delayed and maybe I'm missing something because exactly. I didn't get that time. Exactly. In fact, yesterday, as I was getting ready to leave work now on the block where I work, they're doing some construction work on the railroad. So it was really, really loud yesterday, louder than usual. As I'm locking my door, all this noise around me, when I hear a bird chirping and it's so, like every, all the noise. And I'm like, why is it out of all the noise I hear, I hear a bird. Mm. And I happen to look just straight up from where my studio door is and there's a bird in the tree. And I look at it and I'm like, with all this noise around, I can hear you. Mm. Like, really? And I just sat there and watched it for a little while. I actually took a video of it. And all I kept hearing it do, chirping away. And I'm like, but there's so much noise, but mm. I can hear you. I'm like, wow. And I was completely <laughs> amazed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is with birds this week, but I have been like, they have been getting my attention. <laughs> it's like everywhere I turn, it's like, oh, there's a bird. Oh, there's a bird. It's like, my God, you birds are trying to tell me something, obviously. <laughs> so, so it really is coming back to the 27 items, move them around, wake up your senses, like to, to see things differently, to listen to things differently and allow yourself to be in complete stillness. Like there's no need to put on the TV unless you're going to watch a really good movie. There's nothing on TV to watch. There really isn't. There's no news to watch because there's no news. There's nothing out there that's new. Whatever we're listening to on the way on the news is old. We've been listening to it for way too long. <laughs> so, and we don't really need to listen to the radio unless you're going to put on a really good radio station that has really great music. Otherwise, and if you're going to put the music on, listen to the music, pay attention to the lyrics because that too can tell you a lot when you pay attention to the lyrics. Like um, the song from Michael Jackson, The Man in the Mirror. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but I myself, I've heard that song. I can't tell you how many times. I've done choreography pieces off that song. I can't tell you how many times. And finally, one day I literally really sat and listened to the song and I'm like, wow, Michael Jackson knew a whole lot of stuff back then that we now are learning now. <laughs> it's like, really? So if we really learn to pay attention to what we are really listening to, as opposed to putting the radio on to distract us, because that's what most people put radios on for. They're not putting it on to listen to the music. They're putting it on so they don't have to hear their own thoughts. That's so true and so interesting that and I will I'll get a song in my head like hey I want to hear this song and I will purposely go find it and listen to it because of the lyrics because of the energy that it brings and so it it's really interesting because I have people in my life who constantly have this need for the noise and I'm like yes. at some point I can't stand that anymore and I have to remove myself from the noise because I just it is distracting and sometimes I really don't care about whatever is playing on exactly. TV in particular mm -hmm. like and I'm very visual so whatever I see like it can show up later in some weird way oh yes exactly, exactly. and so 
being able to just not have that is so valuable. And exactly. I was actually sitting on my couch a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sure you're familiar with it because you know you and I are close in age. The song Pop Goes the Weasel, childhood mm-hmm. song. Out of the blue, I'm <laughs> I was sitting just finishing up a session with a client. And then all of a sudden I say to her, why the hell am I hearing Pop Goes the Weasel? <laughs> and she's a lot older than me. She's in her late seventies. And she looks, she goes, I don't know. So of course I had to go after she left to Google the lyrics to Pop Goes the Weasel to find out like, okay, there's a message there because I'm hearing the song. Somebody wants me to pay attention to what the lyrics are. And what I really got from it was the fact that obviously whatever the, I think it's a clown, I don't even know, that pops out of this, this container. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I got from that after reading the lyrics was basically, I was literally, literally like um, pushing doors open, like literally pushing mm-hmm. doors open. It was like, it was that time and that type of energy I had going on, I was pushing doors open. It wasn't about that I was gracefully opening a door. No, pushing them open. My, I was exploding out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but the song popped into my head. There were no children around, you know, that this song would have shown up. It was just like, oh. And, you know, and because I have that Aquarius energy of, of, of curiosity, I had to go research the, the, the lyrics to find like, okay, there's something I'm supposed to know based on pop goes the weasel. <laughs> really so so it really is it really is about paying attention and not distracting ourselves and allowing ourselves to be in that space of quietness be in that space of being alone enjoy the alone time that you do have after you've moved your 27 pieces because there's going to be a whole lot of amazing things that come out of the fact that you moved 27 pieces maybe even possibly decluttering for those 27 pieces you start to look at, do I need this? Do I want this? Like you mentioned, do I want to move this again in, in next quarter or next? Like, no. And it really is about how can I reduce the stuff that I have to dust? Because I see people who have, oh, they have beautiful knickknacks and all these things. And my first thought is, I don't want to dust that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I remember a couple of years ago, I had said to both my sisters, you know, it was holiday time. They would always ask, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I said to both of them, I says, no more knickknacks. No more knickknacks. Do not buy me any more knickknacks. And my one sister turned around. She goes, well, do you classify your crystals as knickknacks? I was like, no, those are not knickknacks. <laughs> <laughs> those are tools. Yes, those are tools. They are very helpful. <laughs> and if you find a need to want to buy me a crystal, it's greatly appreciated, but knickknacks, things that have no purpose behind it, <laughs> you know, and, and they obliged, they obliged, they were like, okay, so no knickknacks, and, and that's what sometimes we need to do, is to let people know, you don't have to buy me a knickknack, if you're going away someplace, and you feel the need to bring me back a souvenir, please don't bring me back a knickknack, <laughs> <laughs> It's no need. <laughs> well, and I've had this conversation with my boyfriend as well, because I was like in a knickknack phase for probably several years when we first met. And then he's like, I like, I don't have room for anymore. I was like, and I didn't even clue in to what I was doing by all con- constantly doing that. And so 
I started to look at, well, what does, what does he use? What do I know that he will use? And so one of those things is a t-shirt and the other thing is hot sauce. So I just started to pay attention to if I'm going to do that, what would be a useful item for that person? Not my decision on what I think would be useful. (laughs) So it was a lesson for me to go, oh, I really am doing that. How can I not do that? Because I know what it feels like to be the recipient of stuff and go, "Mm, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't need it. The thought was there, but I don't, what am I going to do with it? And you worry about what they're going to think or whatever. So Mm -hmm. very valuable to look at and set, it's a boundary around what do you, what do you want? And, and if you don't let people know your expectations, then I don't feel it's fair to get upset about them not meeting them. Exactly. Exactly. They can only meet your expectations when you share what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's one of those things where you let them know and you, you know, it, it's one of my things where, okay, I don't need any more knickknacks and there's no need to buy me books because the books I want, you're not going to buy me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a valid yeah. point. You know, like books. (laughs) Exactly. Like my sisters would sit back and ask me, like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? And I would say, oh, like my one sister, if um like I like essential oils, she will not buy me essential oils Mm -hmm. because she doesn't like the smell of essential oils. And if she has to buy it, I mean she's gotta have in her possession. She goes, No, I'm not buying you essential oils. I'm like, oh. So I have to ask the other one. I'm like, could you essential oils would be great (laughs) you know so in particular is mine but (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes yes but yeah so again for our viewers just knowing that you know moving 27 things can really be very enlightening awakening and explore whatever shows up for them you know emotionally speaking the mental thought behind it the physical and also the awareness of how spiritually lighter we get to feel when we do decide to move things around and if need be get those trash bags out because you just never know how many of them you're going to fall fill up <laughs> it, true and it is a very cathartic process once you start going through that and I mean, I know you work with people helping them release a lot of these things. So how do people reach out to you? What's the best way for them to connect with you? I think the best way is email and that's healingwithin76 at gmail.com. All right. And I will make sure we have some links and things in the show notes so people can reach out to you and connect with you because I think the aspect that you are talking about really needs to be talked about more and shared more. And I think it will open up compassion and it'll open doors for people to have better conversations about what's going on in their space and in their lives and in their relationships. Yes. Yeah. Because again, when we think about a person, a person's not just their physical stuff. A person is their emotions, Mm -hmm. their mindset, and their spiritual well-being and we do not really know what our soul's purpose and our and our plan really is and the things that we are here to do we have absolutely no idea what that really is unless of course we sit down 
with a practitioner that gives us that insight of mm -hmm. what what contracts we signed signed up for in this lifetime and why would why would a person have a hoarding issue or what or even a weight issue why would they and and having that information of what the what their contracts are can be very helpful for that person and all the people who are connected to that person mm -hmm. and then also alleviate alleviates any negative energy or any negative um, emotions associated with that situation and it does make it lighter for everybody involved exactly and it does make it lighter and the humor like you can find humor you can find ways to connect even in these difficult situations and if we focus more on those connections I, we have a better chance of success and not destroying relationships when we are actually wanting to create relationships exactly exactly and when and when we can actually get to the root of whatever the issue actually is it then helps us have a better connection with the individual because we can get to the root of it we could do it with compassion we could do it with kindness and we can help that individual who might have the issue <clears throat> feel more at ease and more more in, a, more in a sense of value of feeling worthy enough of someone caring about them right. and that they, that they don't have to have all the stuff around them, you know, just to feel safe or secure because right. they're going to allow themselves to let their guard down a little bit, let go of some of their issues and be more open to the relationships that are around them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a, it's a very, it's a very powerful experience and a very an awakening experience as well and and again it, can, it gets lighter because when we can get to see a little more sense of humor behind why this person may very well have this journey right now and you know did they choose it yes <laughs> but at the same token it's a journey it's a lesson it's an experience and there's something in it for everybody so it's not just about that one person, it's about all the people involved that gets to learn something about that experience. Exactly. And involving those people and the team aspect is what I think helps people reestablish connections that have been almost severed um, because of the, the situations they're choosing. Exactly, exactly. exactly. You know, so again, we come back down to the astrological concepts of things and we really get to know each other on a much deeper level based on each person's astrological charts. And also, because I do numerology as well, those numbers as well, they play a complete um, portion of the game to what goes on in one's life and why one might be this way. This particular year, it's like, you were never like this. Well, we were never in this year. <laughs> we were never, we were never in this year. We were never this age. Mm -hmm. And it's like, of course I was never like this because this is new to me as it's new to you and it's new to this person. You know, and if we, if we can explore it in that way that there's no rule book to mm -hmm. this. It's more about all of the different personalities coming together and understanding that, oh, this is why I work really, really well with this person. And this is why 
I roll up in a ball and become like a pit when I'm around this person. Mm-hmm. And it's just learning how to really work in the energy with this person. And when we can get into that space and, and recognize all of that, everything gets lighter. The physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, everything gets lighter. And it's much easier to navigate our lives, I think, when we're a little lighter on our feet, you know, we're, yes. we just, we're able to kind of navigate without getting so caught up and tripping mm-hmm. as much, I think. Exactly. And not just not, not just lighter on our feet, but also when we're lighter in our hearts, mm-hmm. when we don't have to feel like we need to carry the weight right. of everything. So we don't feel so weighed down that we can actually really be in that space of like enjoyment and laughter and not be so damn serious about everything. Yes, you exactly. know, all right, so there's a big bag of whatever sitting in the corner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no biggie. You know, whatever's there for is there for. We don't need to pay attention to that, you know, and make light of it, you know. And when we can be in that space and let go of the heaviness in the heart, we do find a more joyful way. And the experience when you connect with people becomes so much lighter as well. Yes, exactly. So powerful stuff, powerful stuff. Well, very powerful. And I thank you for taking the time to talk through so much of this and really creating a space for people to be more aware of what of what's actually going on. Well, I thank you for allowing me this opportunity to share all this amazing wisdom that gets downloaded into this head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there are days where I'm like, like, what am I going to be using this for? Like, how does this work into what I do? And it works into what I do do really, really well. I just never realized I'd be doing what I do in this way. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, but I thank you uh, for allowing me to share. And uh, I'm hoping that your your viewers got a lot out of today's show and uh, that they got a little light from this as well. Yes, and I think that will be definitely the outcome. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. 